Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Man, we're doing awesome. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, man, who's ready for Christmas? Man, I am. It's an exciting time. It's a good time to be around. And uh, so if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. Thank you, Marcel. You make that 500-pound pulpit look so easy, man. That's, that's awesome. That's really good stuff. Well, if you got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be talking a little bit about a few things on just what Christmas means and what it's all about. And uh, go to John chapter 1. We'll turn there in a sec. Uh, but I want to just share with you, I guess, some thoughts, you know, around this season. Um, you know, this is a time, you know, Jamie and I, this is what we do kind of every year. We started this a few years ago, is we actually just intentionally took time, uh, you know, to give the kids over to my parents for a little bit, and then we go out on this date, and it's, it's awesome, we, you know, we hang out together, but in it as well, we also take the time to reflect and remember everything that happened this past year, um, but also what I kind of do tend for my own self, and you know, Jamie and I as well, but we tend to remember where we came from, who God is, what he did for us, and so this morning what I want to do again is just actually put you in this place of remembrance this morning, because uh, this is one of the, the seasons that we're in Christmas, and uh, of course there's joy, there's peace, there's all these amazing things that you and I experience emotionally wise, but I want to put again into your mind to remember everything that happened to you, why you're here where you are today. And not to take that for granted, not to take anything we got for granted, because I mean, you know, everything that we have that's good is a gift from God. And I want to, again, just remind you, and I, and I just find that word as something been the Lord has kind of given me for the month of December, is just remember. So I've taken some time, and I've reflected. I'll share some of those stories with you. Uh, but I actually, you know, earlier, I printed off a lot of words that were spoken to me personally, and how God spoke to me way back then, and now I'm seeing it fulfilled now. And just, just to always remember what God has done, and you see that throughout the scriptures, I mean, he told us to remember continuously. And uh, it's, it's, it's good for us to do. And so this is what I'm going to do this morning. And uh, I don't know about you, but if you, anytime you spend in the Old Testament, you read a lot what the prophets had to say. And, you know, what were they describing? I mean, right from Genesis chapter 3, we hear that God, he was going to send someone, a rescuer, into the world to redeem all of mankind. Right? You, hear, you see that right in Genesis chapter 3 is the first time that it's mentioned. And you see it, every prophet, every man or woman of God, you see it. He said it in Exodus. He said it in Leviticus. He said it in Deuteronomy. He said it in Judges. He said it in Joshua. He continued to say it. He said it through Isaiah. He said it, and he said it, and he said it. Until one day, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Man, I'm about you. This is the time that we get excited about because he continued to say it no matter what it looked like. Say it no matter how dark it got. He continued just to say it. There's someone coming. There's a rescuer coming. There's a redeemer coming. And finally, we actually see in John 1.14 that the word, that this word that God had been saying for generations through the Old Testament prophets is finally here in flesh. Man, I love that. And I get excited about that just even thinking about it. So in John chapter 1, but I want to just read to you real quickly. I want to just remind you of these words again. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Now, this doesn't mean in the beginning talking about Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It's not the same in the beginning. This is before all time ever existed. There was already one who existed, right? So before Jesus was born, Jesus already existed. <laughs> Put that in your breakfast this morning and, you know, meditate on that a little bit. The Word already existed, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, man, He was God. And then, go on, verse 2. Would you guys be able to realign that a little differently on the screen so it doesn't look like I don't know how to read properly? That'd be helpful because a lot of times you kind of get it a sentence, and it's a pair period for me, but it continues on. There it is. Thank you so much. It says, He existed in the beginning with God. Verse 3. God created everything through him through the word god created everything through jesus through him he created everything through him and nothing was created except through him and i know i did this a couple weeks ago if you read this in the passion bible it actually talked about if you look in the aramaic bible it actually says that human lives were in him everything that we see everything that has life was already in someone man i, I love these verses verse four it says, the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light 
to everyone. Can you just say that with me? His life brought light to everyone. Whose life? Jesus, the word. His life is the light to everyone. So no matter how dark and gloomy it may be in your situation, where can we look to get light, to get clarity, to get understanding, to get direction? Where can we go? We can go to a life. And his name is Jesus. All light points to him. He is the light. And his life brought light to you and I. Verse 5. And it says, this light now, it shines in the darkness. And what I love about this is Jesus ain't scared of any kind of darkness in your and my life. He's not scared of the darkness that you see in the world. And listen, it's going to get darker. Don't expect the world to get better anytime soon because the Bible said it's just going to get darker. But the church gets brighter. Why? Because we are that light. So let them go crazy out there. That's all right. We're just going to get brighter on the inside. Let it just flow out of you. And so what's happening is people are starting to get attracted to the light. So don't back down when people start asking you questions or even challenging the light that you bring. Don't back down off that. Why? Because there's some form they're attracted to it. Just like a mosquito attracted to the thing. Uh, you get too close. Uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. You'll be one of us. That's, that's what happens, right? <laughs> the light shines in the darkness. So this is now, this is Jesus we're talking about, but now he gave his life to you. Now this light, your light shines in this darkness and the darkness will never ever extinguish it. The light of God's word will never be extinguished. No matter how dark a situation looks, no matter how chaotic it may be, the light of the word can never be extinguished. Now where is that word living? Well, Jesus said, let it live on the inside of you. Let this word be in you. Why? So you can be a cool little Christian? No, so that darkness can never extinguish it. That's the whole plan that Jesus had for you in my life. Now, this, that's all good. We got all hyped about that. But verse 14, and we already said a part of it. But look at this 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of, what was he full of? Unfailing love. And he was full of faithfulness. Oh, uh, those, are, those are just the best words. Right? What are, what are people looking for? Someone to show them unconditional love because of how, you know, all the stuff that they've done. And to show someone who will stick by them no matter what. <laughs> I love that. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So we see these prophets that have spoke from old, over and over and over again, what they continued to say, year in, year out, thousands of years had gone by until the Word became human. And so what these prophets are talking about, what we celebrate in this Christmas time is the bold move, the love move that God initiated with you and I. He came to demonstrate this whole thing. So what people are seeing, how come they're so open at Christmas? Because there's some, there's a grace around this time frame that we're in. There's an anointing that's around this frame that we're in called Christmas. And people are going, what, what, what is it? People are more cheerful. They're more ready to give. There, there's just something about it. And what is it? It's because we see here Jesus came around this time and we celebrate the bold move that God made of sending his one and only son on the first time. That's what it is, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. So this morning, as I said, what I want to do is just cause us to remember what God did, who he is, and what he's done for you and I. When God came, what did he do? He came to reveal himself, right? I mean, a lot of people had ideas about God, and a lot of times there were misconceptions about him. I mean, the whole religious world, who did Jesus have problems with the most? <laughs> is the church folk. <laughs> they got all religious on them, right? And so Jesus had to constantly change. So why did Jesus come? He came, yeah, because he loved the world so much, but also because he came to reveal who God the Father is. He also came to reveal who you are. And then also he came to reveal what he had in store for you from the very beginning of time. The in the beginning part, God had already a plan in mind. He had already something set. So what he came is actually to reveal that whole plan that he had for you and I, not just to live day in, day out, and no purpose for my life. No, there's a reason that you're here, right? And that's what we want to talk about and bring to your remembrance again. Now, the word remember, it means to bring to one's mind, to bring an awareness to of someone or something that one has seen, that someone has known or experienced in the past. How many of you got a good remembrance for some things? Does Christmas stir up some good things for you? Yeah. 
What anybody else, you know, what were some cool things that happened to you at Christmas time? I mean, you know, one awesome thing I remember as a kid when we were pastor's kids, and uh, remember we always used to wait for a, like a Christmas Eve thing or whatever, and uh, I remember the board at that time would give us kids a gift. Oh man, I'm talking about PK advantages, right? Not only can you just run around and have whatever you want in the church, now you get a present on Christmas from the church. And I remember, do you remember this? We got those remote control cars. Mr. Gordon Smith, where are you? Mr. Is he? He's probably out there somewhere. But he bought us a remote control car that, man, that thing could rip. I mean, it had a little cord attached to it back in the day, so you had to kind of walk with it. But I remember just, man, we were going in and out of the aisles and like, and at that time we had a... Uh, the custodian, I mean, it wasn't Marie at the time. We had a, another guy named Art, and he's not here today, but uh, Art used to get mad at us because we used to push the chairs around. So once the chairs are set, don't move the chairs. Brother Art, I apologize, but I got a remote control car, and I have got to try this thing out. And that's what we're doing, and we're just, oh, I got to, oh, it broke that. And you're going this way, and you're kicking chairs. Why? Because it's Christmas time. You do whatever you want to do, right? So again, that's just a great memory that I have. So sorry about the, you know, busted chairs and sorry about all that art, but no, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you for catching that. No, I'm not. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, and as I said, the word constantly tells us to remember. And I want to show you this verse in Deuteronomy chapter six. And this is a powerful verse that you see. And God constantly tells us, and he's talking to his, the children of Israel here, but remember, everybody say the word remember, remember where you came from. Remember how crazy and dark it used to be. Remember where you are today. How come you're sitting in church on a Sunday morning when you could be sleeping in? All right, remember those things, where you came from, where God brought you. And this is what God's telling uh, the children of Israel. He said, when God, your God, ushers you into the land he promised through your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities you didn't build. He says, you're going to walk into... or." Uh, uh, well-furnished houses you didn't buy. You're going to come upon wells you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive orchards you didn't plant. When you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content, make sure. Everybody say, make sure. make sure. Now this is serious. Make sure, Western culture, <laughs> make sure you don't forget how you got there. God brought you out of the slavery in Egypt. <laughs> That's one of those cases that I almost got caught looking stupid, all right, right? He saved you from Egypt. But also you can say, don't forget all the things God got for you. He saved you from the world. Now, how many of you living, you're, you got a blessed life. No matter what, you could be thankful for something. <laughs> Man, I, I'm thankful that I had a hot shower this morning. Anybody shower this morning? Anybody didn't shower? Maybe you want to move over a seat or two. Maybe just to... How are you thankful for pit stick? Oh, yes, man, I am. Man, it just freshens the whole building up a little bit. Right? Anybody like a good smell of Axe rather than B.O.? I am thankful for Axe. Probably get it in a stocking stuffer. Something. Right? But I'm thankful for those things. But this is what God's telling you. Remember this. Remember where you came from and remember how you got there. Right? So again, forgetting how I got here or forgetting where, wherever I came from, how I got to this place, the potential is if I don't remember and continue to live thankful, what's going to happen is I'm going to be unthankful, which is unbelief, which brings an attitude of entitlement. And don't just say it's for younger generations that's entitled. No, I see a lot of older people that are entitled themselves. It, has, it doesn't cross ages. It crosses people in unthankful hearts. So this is just a, a big thing that we have to remember is to continually be thankful so that entitlement doesn't catch up to me. <laughs> Nobody, you know, plans on being entitled, right? So what happens? It comes from an unthankful heart. And you can read that in Romans chapter 1, is that they, they, they knew God was out there, but they refused to acknowledge him as God and refused to be thankful for all that he'd done. So what happened? God left them in their reprobate minds. And they just went down a very dark hill. And trust me, you don't want to get in this unthankful place. Thankfulness is powerful. Okay. So again, remember how you got here. Remember what God did to get your attention. And so this is something, this past December, I took some, some time just to actually remember how I got here. And just also this, remember the people God used to get you to where you're at. 
Maybe somebody, remember some, who was the person that told you about the love of God and you've responded to that? Remember those people, or maybe it was your parents, or maybe it was grandparents, or a family member, or just a friend that shared the gospel with you. Remember what that did to you. Remember how he got you, right? Also this, remember those holy moments that you experienced him. And what are those holy moments? I kind of look at those holy moments as just this, uh, there's a, a, a specific time, whether it was, you know, maybe just an hour, it was five minutes, that God came down and I experienced something of him that just, oh, like, Lord, thank you. That just said the world to me. I'll give you a little example of this is just a small thing, but this is what I started to do is remembering all the small instances that took place in my life that I knew it was God because nobody else could have done that except for him. And one of this, this was actually, this is um, three years ago. I was at a minister's conference in January and uh, I had the, this Chris, or um, New Year's Eve, we were playing uh, hockey at a, at a dugout at, at my family, at my relative's farm. And uh, they had a big dug out there, so we were playing hockey. And I remember, you know, going as fast as I can. I'm, I'm kind of like a Sidney Crosby on ice, if you want to kind of, just to give you a picture and a reference point, kind of one of those, and bam, and yeah, you know, goal again, you know, all those things. I went to go stop. So, you know, I did my whoosh thing. And as I stopped, the dugout wasn't totally smooth. That's the right word. And as it wasn't totally smooth, I stopped, and man, I busted my ankle. And I, oh, I stopped on it. And I'm like, oh, Crosby's out, guys. I got to sit down for a little bit. And th- like that hurt. I couldn't walk on it for a little while. And anyway, so three weeks have gone by and it just bothered me. Like I wouldn't walk with a limp because it just, you know, I don't want anybody. Oh, what happened to you? Oh, dugout ice, you know, <laughs> no, like a cool story or something. But no, just like, so you kind of put it off. But anyways, at this minister's conference that I was at, uh, the, the gentleman that was speaking, it was Brother Kenneth Copeland that was sharing at that time. And he said, he stopped in the middle of his message. He says, I see somebody skating. And, you know, I wasn't thinking anything about it. I'm like, I mean, I guess there's only a few people that can skate. I mean, being in northern Canada, I guess there's only a few people that could. And he says, I saw it New Year's Eve. Kind of perked up my ear. He said, I saw you skate. You stopped and you hurt your ankle. Well, the Lord told me just to tell you, your ankle's healed. Step on it. I'm like, and everybody's like, oh, we're all from the South. What is ice? What is ice? <laughs> so forget y'all, all right? And I just, I went, oh, are you kidding me? And I'm like, Crosby's back, baby. This is what I'm talking about. It was just little things like that. But if you forget about it, right? It just brought it back to remember. That's, the Lord just brought that to remembrance this past week as I was sitting thinking about it again. I went, Oh yeah, Lord. I remember when my ankle, like it was black, all, it was pretty busted. And I remember him just saying that, like in the middle of a minister's conference, 1,200 ministers there, and all of a sudden the Lord pointed me out and said, I want to just take care of your ankle right now. Like, are you serious? It, and it, what it does, it, it, it's building your faith, right? And actually what we're going to talk about in a sec is when you remember you're feeding on the faithfulness of God. That's what you're doing is to consider and to remember what he did for you because if he did that for me, he'd do it again. Right? And if he did that for me, he'd do that for anybody. Right? I ain't nobody special. And you see that in the Bible, that God has no favorites. But it's, again, consider, just continually remember what God did for you. And another one I want to share with you real quick, and you think that I'm real official and stuff, I got a, it's got a little thing attached to it. Uh, but in here, I printed off, this is from 2009 all the way to today, just different words that the Lord shared to me personally either through, you know, just my time in prayer with the Lord or through other ministers. And uh, there was one, I want to just actually share a story with you because this is something that we've been, Jamie and I, we've shared before, but this was a big deal to us. We had been believing God for kids, for babies. And uh, we had been, you know, practicing for two years. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it got pretty good, I guess. And it just, nothing was happening. Like from a natural perspective, there was no changes being made. I mean, we had gone to the doctors, we had done everything that we could, naturally speaking, to get different tests to see if there was anything wrong, if there's any, you know, things that we could change or whatever. And, you know, going all in, they said, no, you guys are both healthy, you're both strong, there should be no reason why you're not having any of these kids. So we're like, okay, that's, that's great. I mean, thank God for that report, even if they said otherwise, I don't care. But thank you, Lord. And so at that moment, you know, we, uh, Jamie and I, we were going to uh, a, f- a friend of ours. They have a church out in Rocky Mountain House. So we went to go out there for a, their anniversary. And so as we were going out there, Jamie and I, we were actually just talking about 
just the promises of God uh, that we see in Scripture regarding parents and families, you know, having babies. And we just started talking about it and saying, hey, there's nothing wrong, naturally speaking. So what we're doing is we're just going to continue to stand on what the word says. I remember this conversation. It was great. Just talking about it. I'm not going to, rather than just freaking out every time, you know, that time of the month came rather than like, come on, just start going, no, Lord, thank you that we will have these babies in the timing. And uh, so we got to this conference uh, and the, the gentleman that was speaking was a prophet of God. And uh, he actually, so he called us out. He said some things to us personally, ministry-wise. And then at the very end, he turned around. And then he said, oh, one more thing. He said, the Lord tells me to bless your babies. And we said, you know what? At this moment, we don't have natural children yet. And then he kind of went, oh, okay. But then he said, no, wait a minute. And I want to just read you what he said. He said, your day will come. Your day will come. And the Lord tells me, sorry. Ah, pulling a javen up here. Come on, man. All right. He said, the Lord tells me to bless your babies and nothing hereditary, nothing chasing you, nothing seeding your brain to fear you will stop you from having beautiful, healthy babies. The timing of life and the timing of God, I speak that both over you in the name of Jesus. And he said, and Lord, if they are girls, please let them not look like their dad. <laughs> Sorry, London, you look like El Dato, but no. <laughs> but I remember that what that did to me in that moment, it just, it, it made me grab onto him and go, Lord, I, it just solidified something on the inside of me. It's a done deal. I don't care anymore, Lord. I trust you with it. It's out of my hands. I'm not going to make, try to make this thing work. It's Lord, I trust him. Meaning that natural things, I believe you. And I think it was about, so that was in April, uh, the following, uh, that, or sorry, that November, that December, Jamie and I, we found out we're having a baby in New York City. And it was like, ah. so that was just, just exciting moments and all that. But what is he doing? Remember, remember, remember what he did. Remember what he said. And then this, just even to this day, like we're expecting our fourth baby. And it's just, it's amazing the promises of God. If he'd do it for me, he'd do it for you. And if he did it then, he'll do it again tomorrow. But what do I got to do? I have to continually remember Remember what he did. And this is what God's telling the children of Israel. Remember when you come into these cities that you didn't build. Remember you come in and you take over the houses you didn't buy. When you go and inherit the wells you didn't dig. Remember how you got there. Remember it. Remember how you got to church. Remember what it was that captivated you. Don't let those things just be kind of loosey-goosey. Those are testimonies of the light that God has done for you that can be great answers to people in the world. Okay. Amen. Now... Ultimately, I was just saying, remembering what God did and the price that he paid to get us back into his family. And I want to, again, just read to you the most popular verse that most people know is John chapter 3, verse 16. And I want to read it to you in the Message Bible, John 3, 16 and 17. It says this, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. Now notice, who's, who's doing the talking here? This is Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. This isn't John talking. This is Jesus speaking. And he said, this is how much God loved the world. Not how much God was disappointed in the world. Not how, you know, frustrated God was with the world. Not how come the world, what's wrong with y'all? What's, what's going on? This is, the, I'm coming down because God is so angry up in heaven. And I got to tell you guys something that God, the creator, ain't happy with all y'all. No, he said, this is how much God loved the world. This is his message. This is how much he loved this world. He gave his son. He gave me, Jesus is saying. <laughs> this is how much he cares about you. He put me in a body. <laughs> Through a virgin. <laughs> his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. Just think about that for a moment. I don't have to be destroyed. That's a powerful word. And why did God do it? He doesn't want anybody destroyed. By believing in him, anyone, say anyone, anyone, anyone. Come on again, any, anyone. The shooters that we had at Walmart. Anyone, anyone. Because when you're touched by the love of God, it changes you forever. I don't care how much of a jerk you may have been, the love of God will absolutely, totally change that and put a new man on the inside of you. Why, that old nature, he'll kill it for you and he'll give you a brand new one. 
That's our God. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. So if you view it this way, when you go about your time and you go about your hustle and bustle Christmas, don't forget this, but don't also forget that anyone can come to this same saving knowledge. Thank God we are the one, we responded to it, but there's a whole other people that don't even know this about God. They still think that God came, well, Jesus came because he, you know, he had to, you know, whip us into shape. Totally wrong thinking on it. This is why he came, so that anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. Anybody can do that. <laughs> World's full of them. Sally, the church is full of them. And he said, telling the world how bad it was, no, he came to help. There was a help. He came to help. So what did we do? We cried out for help. And Jesus came. Anybody can get help to put the world right again. I'm not going to finish off on verse 18. But this is the whole purpose why Jesus came, is to give help and to get the world upright again. Man, I'm thankful for this. And, and as I said, I want to just go to Psalm 37, verse 3. But remembering is feeding on the faithfulness of God. I encourage you this week, please take time to feed on the faithfulness of God. It'll change your Christmas forever. It'll make your bad mood good, right? It'll make a whiny, wimpy attitude into a positive, thankful one. Because let me just tell you before I read this, but if, we, if you constantly focus on what you don't have, focusing on what you don't know, what it is, it actually leaves you into a dark pit. It goes further and further darkness. But instead, let's flip the flow. If you start being thankful for what you do have, what you do know, what happens? You're actually in the revelation stream. Right? What is Revel I'm talking about revelation being revelation knowledge, not just head knowledge, but the Bible came to give you and I revealed knowledge inside information. Well, how can I be part of this inside information that Jesus was full of and continued to speak? It's when you start being thankful and start rejoicing in what you do know. Why? Well, because just think about it. Just play a little scenario. You don't know much about whatever. Let's just say end times for an example. And you start going, man, I don't know enough about this. I don't, I can't, I can't get this. What's that doing to your faith? It's diminishing it. Ain't sure ain't building it. I don't know about this. And I don't know about that. Why does, why does this person always have to be like this? You ain't going to any answer in that area. It just brings you into continual darkness. But on the other hand, if you can celebrate and go, Lord, I'm thankful that I do know that I am saved. I do know that I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I do know that Jesus, you came for me. And not only that, then you put your Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me. Oh, Lord, you, then you gave me that he came upon me so I can pray in other tongues. You start going down that road, what's going to happen? More light, because when you're in light, you start to see light. That's the revelation stream. We got to stay in the revelation flow. Because as long as you start going, I wish I had this, and I, how come so-and-so has a better this, and how come you know, this person's got a nicer wife or a nicer house, you go down a wrong avenue, right? <laughs> Can I just throw in a little an interjection here for a sec? Everybody know the show This Is Us? Yeah? I like to call this emotional pornography. Everybody wishes they were married to a jack. Can I tell you something? Jack ain't real. Some of you don't believe me. <laughs> and you go, well, well, that guy, he would never do that. He ain't real. That's just a quick timeout and little throw in there. So Psalm 37, verse 3, it says, Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure feasting on his faithfulness. When you continually remember what God did for you, what are you doing? You're hum, 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 hum. You're feasting yourself. You're feeding your mind. You're feeding your emotions, everything that God has done to you. You're feeding his faithfulness into your heart. What that's going to breed? It's going to breed faith. It's going to breed expectation. It's going to breed he did it yesterday. He'll do it today. Continually remind yourself of what he's done. Amen. Okay. Now, Let's just talk about this real briefly. Let's talk about don't forget what ha he has done. Psalm 103. So what did the Lord come here to do? 
Right? Not only that Jesus came because God loved the world so much, but he came to do a few things. Can I just remind you again what God did? Okay, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. These are powerful verses of Scripture. It says, with my whole heart. Say whole heart. Not half heart. Not 99%. With my whole heart. With my whole life and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, my holy God. Other translations say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Come on, say soul. What is your soul? It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I believe it's in Psalm 42. David is talking about soul. Why are you so cast down? Why are you beaten? He's talking to himself. You need to talk to yourself. If you're feeling, I'll have a blue Christmas, guess what? It's going to be blue and probably very painful. Why? Because all you're doing is you're thinking on, I don't have this, and how come I didn't get the motorcycle I've been wanting? It just, it goes in a dark hole. So what's he saying? Bless the Lord. Oh, can't they sing a different worship song? It has nothing to do with the song. It is a hard attitude. If you're like, man, I hate that song. Then this is a good time to go, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, and all that is within me, I will bless his holy name. Then he goes on to say, Yahweh, or God, you are my soul's celebration. Not how cute the worship team looked. Not how nice the song was and Terry the Great in the top hat. It's more than that. You are my soul celebration. Because until he's your soul celebration, worship will stink no matter what. <laughs> Listen, all, all music down here stinks compared to heaven. You know, we, actually, Jamie, we were in, when we were in uh, Palm Springs last month, Jamie, there was a, I can't remember that girl's name, but this the young girl from Sweden that did all the drawings of Jesus. If you, she, Jamie read that book. It's, it's amazing. Uh, just hearing how the Lord appeared to her and just revealed himself to this atheist family that's secluded, like not in communication with anybody. And the Lord showed, revealed himself to this little girl. It's quite powerful. But she actually, her mom was playing the keyboard. Um, and now the family's all born again. Like this girl led her whole family to Jesus. Uh, and in that, like the mom is playing the keys and the daughter is like bursting into tears. Mom, stop, stop. It's, this is like, it's horrible. And then she goes, oh, okay, I'll just go. I'll stop. And the reason why is it because in heaven, the music is so beautiful to my ears. Here, ah, like, okay, I guess we'll just make a joyful noise with our words. Yeah, you can do that. It's a heart attitude. It's on the inside. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, I will bless his holy name. See, if it's not within you, it's impossible to come out of you. Let it come in you. It's not anything to do with, you know, hitting the right key, hitting the right note, and a little pitch a little bit higher. No, it has everything to do with an attitude on the inside. Lord, I'm going to bless you because of all that you've done for me. Amen. And then he says, how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me? How could I ever forget? So what I'm going to do is other translations say, uh, bless the Lord, all my soul, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. See, you partake of the benefits you know. And partake of the benefits you remember. So again, let me just put into your brain as we go into this Christmas week. What did you do? Verse 3. It says, you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all that I've done. Today, you are forgiven. You are a forgiven person. And if you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. He will wipe out everything in the past and he'll give you a brand new nature. That's who he is. He, in spite of all that I've done. How many of you have done some pretty stupid things? Yeah, we remember that. But this is what God's even telling you. He doesn't remember that. So neither should you. Why? Because he has kissed your heart with forgiveness. In spite of all that we've done. <laughs> in spite of every chair I kicked over to play my remote control car. You've healed me. Where? Inside and out from every disease. How many diseases? Every. Say it again. How many diseases? Every. Don't be satisfied with I'm 98%. He came to heal every one of them. Every one of them. Put that into your remembrance again. How did he do that? Read Isaiah 53. He took upon himself sickness and the curse so that you could be made whole. He did that. And he says, you've rescued me from where? Oh, you could wake up every morning and go, I'm rescued from hell. I ain't going where the devil's going. 
You remind them of that. I ain't going there. Why? Because Jesus is my Savior. (laughs) And then you saved my life. You've crowned me with what? With judgment and hatred? No, he's crowned me with love and mercy. Oh, that's a good crown to wear. Now, next, verse 5. You satisfy. Everybody say, he satisfies. You satisfy my every desire with good things. So let him be your satisfier. Let him be your S thing. Let him be that guy. Let him be my satisfaction. (laughs) It's the wording on the screen. Uh, It's on me. You satisfaction my every desire and good deed. (laughs) Yeah. Not only that, then he has supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. This is what he came to do. So what am I? I'm satisfaction eyed and I'm supercharged. <laughs> and I'm covered in joy. <laughs> I'm covered in joy. Let's just hark some heralds. Hey, shall we just do that too? All right. <laughs> oh man. So what do we do is we have to continue to remind ourselves so when I wake up in the morning, what am I? I'm satisfied. And I'm supercharged with my life. I soar again. Rather than constantly letting your sleep dictate how you're doing, he is dictating how I am. Because trust me, last night, Joel Housing didn't get any sleep. That's why I can't read satisfied. <laughs> so I'm I'll just speak in tongues you interpret it. All right, <laughs> let's go down that road. <laughs> but what am I doing? In the morning, after three and a half hours of sleep, you, you set aside my life. No, you start there. What You just remind yourself of what he's done. I remember saying in the shower this morning, Lord, I'm thankful today. Uh, what, what is it? Sunday. Sunday. I got to, yeah. Lord, no, but I, Lord, I, this is what I said. Lord, I'm thankful. I'm, you saved me. Thank you for providing salvation for me. Because what, did I deserve it? No. Did I earn it? No. But you provided it anyway because you are too good. So what that, that started doing, it started changing me on the inside. Because when, sometimes when you walk into the church and you have to walk from the river into here, you're not really feeling like busting the Lord, oh my soul. Right? You're kind of feeling like, I want to complain, oh my soul, because that snow is so high. And my frozens are cold within me. Like I'm just, I'm cold. So what do I need to do? I need to change the record. I need to change the flow. Rather than go, the snow is so high, and boy, it's cold out there to go, I am supercharged in every area of my life. Amen. Okay. <laughs> now, where am I? <laughs> you want to finish this off? <laughs> All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to finish off in these areas. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. And again, I want to just remind us some things that God did for us in advance. So today, as you're sitting here, God has a certain picture and an image of you that we need to get for ourselves. And he did it before the foundation of the world. So the same word that we read in John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word. Well, in the beginning, the word, the father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they had a plan. Well, I should, or I should say it more like this. The father is the plan maker. He's the architect. Jesus is the word. He's the, the one that, you know, the, the job, the guys that stand at the job site and tell the workers what to do. Then you got the, the Holy Spirit. He's like the contractors who come in and does the work. So the father had this plan. Jesus now spoke the plan and the Holy Spirit make it come to pass in your, in my life. Now, at some point before the foundation of the world, he said your full name. At some point, before the world began, before time existed, he said, Joel Housing. Now think about that for a moment, because I'm going to show you this. Can you guys go to verse four for a sec? And then we're going to jump back to verse three. It says, even before he made the world, so God had some decisions that he made without your and my involvement. He's not asking you, hey, what do you think about this? Well, I'm going to ask you, how, how would this look for you? No, he already made up his mind. So here's the thing. We can't argue with this. And I don't know why you would want to argue with it. It's for your good. So I would just go, Lord, I believe it. I thank you for it. Now let's go back to verse three for a sec. 
Now he says, all praise to God, or bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Again, reminding yourself. Reminding yourself. Just because your Wi-Fi broke, this is not the wind of the world. Man, the problems we got here. This is when David, you know, Psalm 103. David had some crazy experiences, did he not? He had some, I mean, he lived in the caves for years. And what is he doing? He's continually reminding himself and telling himself, soul, 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 bless the Lord. And it's amazing. You know, something my parents used to tell us kids is dance until your attitude changes. And just stand in the kitchen and just... How's your attitude? Still the same. Well, bless the Lord. And over time, you can't help... But, Jay, can you come up here for a sec? I just... <laughs> and then when, you know, okay, we're going to bless the Lord. And just... After a while... I usually got the first. <laughs> and you can't help... Because when you look at this guy while he's blessing the Lord, you can't help and just go, yeah, okay, huh? Thank you. You're cute. You're cute. You're cute. <clears throat> it changes your attitude. So you need a praise buddy. And I encourage you, if somebody's going down the wrong track, don't go along with them. Say, nah, come on. Bless the Lord. Let, let's go. Remember all that he's done for you. Right? You need some of those buddies. And let people in your life, if you're wrong, just say, I'm wrong. My attitude stinks. You know what? My attitude does stink. Tell your spouse that. And then come to premarital after. We'll figure that out. Or not premarital. Marriage counseling. We'll figure that out. Okay. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice those next three words. Who has blessed? Who has blessed? Past, present, or future? Past tense. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And if you look at that word, uh, blessing or spiritual blessings, it's the word eulogy in the Greek. And the word eulogy, well, that's where we get the Greek word eulogy, sorry, English word eulogy, and it means to speak well of. So aren't you thankful that God, he speaks well of you? Right, right off the bat. He has blessed you with all these good words. That's what he's done. Right? He's blessed you with all these good words because you are united to somebody. Okay, again, what I'm going to do, I'm just putting this into remembrance. You know all this, but I'm just reminding you again of what he's already done. Verse 4, even before the foundation of the world, God loved me. Say it, God loved me. What did he do before the foundation of the world? What did he speak well of me about? First of all, he said that he loved me. So he said, Joel Housing before the world was even created, before a tree even existed, before a fish ever swam. He said, Joel Housing, I love you. Then he said, I've called you to be holy. I've called you and I see you without fault in my eyes. So today, 2019, I've been on this planet for 32 years. It'd be good for me to agree with what happened Many, 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 many years ago and just go, I'm loved. I am chosen. He sees me holy and he sees me without a single fault. That's, and just agree with that. Agree with it. Rather than going, you don't know what I did. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters what he said before the foundation of the world. He said, you're holy. Say it, I'm holy. holy. No, some of y'all didn't say it. Say it, I'm holy. holy. That needs to be your identity. I am holy, meaning I am set apart. That's right. What's, a, what's a, another definition of being you know, holy or set apart? The world is sick. I'm going to be well. That is holy. I'm set apart from what's out there. right? While the world is living in poverty and destruction, I'm going to live the blessed life. What is that? That's holiness. While the world is frustrated, angry, and experiencing no peace, I'm going to enjoy the joy of the Lord. I'm going to be full of peace and learning to rest. Why? Because I'm consecrated or holy because I'm in Christ. Notice it has nothing to do with what I do or what I don't do. It has everything to do with who I'm connected to. Who are you connected to? Come on, who are you connected to? Jesus? Okay, so you've got to agree with what he said. I'm holy and I'm without fault in his eyes. Oh yeah. And so what? I can also pass that same love towards somebody else. You know, people come and they tell me different things. You know, people, you know, they've said different things. You know, as, as pastors, you hear a lot. 
And people have shared some pretty amazing, or I shouldn't say amazing, some pretty drastic things that happened to them or that they've done at some point in their life. And you know what the response is? Oh my God, what are you going to do? Or, that is horrible. No, why? Because I'm thinking this. He sees you without fault. I've had ladies, people come to me and say, I've had an abortion. Guess what? God sees you without fault in his eyes. There is forgiveness in that. Rather than living with the shame and the guilt of it, just go, oh, I'm going to agree with this. God, I, I don't know what else to do just to agree with this. He sees you without fault. And when you stand before him, he's not going to go, oh, you had that. Okay, yeah, you're a teenager. Oh, you did that. He's not marking it. Why? Because the blood of Jesus wiped it out. If you've received his love, you've received Jesus, it is under the blood of Jesus. When did he do that? Before the foundation of the world. So rather than this is what the devil will do, is trying to leave you living this life in condemnation, in shame, in guilt, and here you are stuck in this bubble, and you are of no effect to the kingdom of God because you're stuck under shame. God came to deliver the captives out of it. Why? So that you could be telling of the goodness of God. Remember, for God so loved the world that anyone who believes in him can experience a whole and lasting life. Okay, look at verse 5. It goes on. It gets better from here. God decided when? In advance. In advance to what? In advance to you and I even being thought of by your mommy and daddy. In advance to adopt us into his own family. I'm adopted. Anybody else adopted here? Yeah, I'm adopted. I've been adopted. And here's the cool thing. God doesn't have any grandchildren. <laughs> You're adopted. You got your own personal daddy that adopted you. He brought you into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And notice what it did for him. And it gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure. Oh man, is there a verse? Is that it? Verse, verse six. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Verse seven. He is, say he is. He is. So rich in kindness. Man, you ain't seen nobody kind like God. This is, the, this is the good news. This is what we celebrate again at Christmas. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom and with or with the blood of his son and he has forgiven all of our sins. So when did he purchase your freedom? When you feel free? Before the foundation of the world. So what you and I are tapping into with our remembrance, is we're tapping into something that already was in God before the world even existed. I'm going, when I say, Lord, I believe that I am free. You're tapping into something that's out of time, that's out of this realm, and you're saying, I am free. When? Before the foundation of the world. So therefore, in 2019, going into 2020, I am free. And what else am I? I am forgiven. Ah, and then verse eight, he says, he has showered his kindness on us along with, <laughs> sorry, can we read that again? He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. This is what he did. Remember, this is what he chose to do and it gave him great pleasure. Trey, would you like to come up just for a moment? We're going to do this. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to just take a moment to recall and put ourselves in a proper position as we go into this Christmas season. Is that all good? Is that all right with everybody? Now, what I would like you to do, this is something, you know, at our prayer time, Pastor Sheila has done this for, I guess, decades. Uh, but she always says, I want you to take, think of five things that you're thankful for. <laughs> decades, in the 20 years, right? It's been doing a, <laughs> And that's one thing that we always hear out of our mouth is be thankful. Let's thank God for five things. So this morning, what can you be thankful for? What can you be thankful for? And put yourself like, because listen, the, 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 determining the record player that you got going on of frustration, I don't have enough, or this is what, I don't have this, and I'm not experiencing this, that will send you down a track. And listen, how you feel, you'll eventually make decisions on. Right? Well, actually, I should say, feel your, how you're, the direction that you're going, your feelings will determine a mindset. And the mindset will now determine how you're going to respond to situations. I've noticed that for myself. If I'm going down a wrong track and somebody says something that aggravates me, I'm already in this wrong track, so I'm already going to blow up. 
But if we can flip the flow rather than going down this way and start going, Lord, I'm so thankful and start with the smallest thing. Lord, thank you that I have shoes on my feet. Thank you that I have a bed. I know those are small, but if you got to start somewhere, you got to start somewhere. You can wake up and say, Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm not going to hell. That is huge. That is huge. Think about it. Your eternity is in heaven with him. And the Bible, as we read, it says to be with Christ is far better. If you have a loved one that's been gone home to be with the Lord, guess what? You're going to be reunited to that person. They're not gone and lost. No, they're not lost. They're in heaven with him. That is good news. So the cool thing is, is everything that we're experiencing now, yeah, there's, there's emotion. Yeah, there's, sometimes there's hurt. But you can turn that all for the glory of God and say, Lord, I'm choosing to worship you. I'm choosing to celebrate what, this, what you've done for me. And watch the path that it takes you where that thing where it used to hurt you, the moment somebody would even bring it up to you. Because there was a time when people would you know, bring up, so when are you guys having kids? When we didn't have any yet? At some point it started to go, shut up. And I noticed, and that's, it's not that they're wrong. It's just, you know, sometimes they're just ignorant, right? You got a lot of that happening out there. But a lot of times is, you know, people mean it in good heart, but because of the condition and what it does on the inside, it hurts. So rather than, this is one thing that we did, is rather than letting that bother us, we're going to start to go, Lord, we thank you in advance for the children we have. And so when people would say that, we'd rather than going, we would just go, man, we are so excited for that day when that baby comes. It just, it's a total change because we started to be thankful. Lord, thank you. So this, this morning, if you all just stand up with me for a moment, we're just going to sing the chorus of a very simple old time song. And I want you just for yourself, just to thank God for a few things, sing along to this song and just notice, notice the change on. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.